and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. So, hello folks and welcome to another episode from the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales forward. In the Sales Chat Show virtual studio today, the gang of three have reassembled, uh, Mr. Phil Jessen, Mr. Graham Jones, and I'm Simon Hazeldean, and Mr. Jessen has proposed an episode um, he's only given us the title. Graham, I, Graham and I have no idea what on earth he's talking about. So well, that's my, apologies, cool. my apologies if this is some sort of madness from Jesson. Um, <laughs> why you need to go on a sales ferret mission, a ferret, as in the, the animal ferret. Graham, I have no idea where this is headed, I hope you're as nervous as I am. I am because ferrets normally travel up your trouser leg, so that's really worrying. Uh, Phil, with some sense of trepidation, please tell us and tell our listeners why they need to go on a sales fest mission. Well, uh, first things first, uh, well done, chaps, for being brave enough to press the record button. Uh, without having a clue where we are going. Um, But the phrase ferret mission goes back well over 60 years. It's a Cold War phrase used by the military. And as the name suggests, it's about dropping a ferret down a rabbit hole and seeing what happens. Now, interestingly, um, in yesterday's Sunday paper, there was a very interesting article talking about RAF fighters and the Royal Navy warships have dramatically increased their patrols around the Russian borders and coasts in an unprecedented operation to put Moscow's military on the defensive. 28 RAF aircraft have been sent to the Black Sea. There's a uh, an anti-submarine frigate being deployed and also the survey ship HMS Enterprise, along with 250 soldiers from the Parachute Regiment who are now on exercises in southern Ukraine. Now, the interesting thing about this is that according to a military source, and this is the key point, the air and naval patrols have driven the Russians bonkers And they've been scrambling their fighters and putting ships and submarines to sea in a direct response, allowing the RAF and the spy planes to hoover up, that's the phrase, hoover up intelligence on their radar transmissions and radio communications. So basically, a senior intelligence source has said that the information gathered would help the MOD identify our adversaries' vulnerabilities and know how to exploit it if we need it. So I see where you're going. Could I just interject bonkers as a phrase will mean something to our 
UK listeners, I am guessing. Could you just, just in case that is a a, a phrase that is relatively uh, unique to our shores, Mr. Jesson, a bonkers is? Uh, driving somebody mad. Driving somebody mad. Okay, just in case. So Yeah, so you're quite right. You can, now see, where, you can see where I'm uh, headed with this. If you think about a sales ferret mission, um, it would be designed to find out our competitor weaknesses. And some of that can, of course, be done in conversations with existing customers. Uh, Graham, no doubt, will have a few ideas on what you might be able to check out online about what our competitors are up to. But uh, just to uh, kick us off, um, one of the uh, obvious places to find out what our competitors are up to, and I've certainly done this in my previous life, is to recruit people who are currently working for a yes. leading competitor. That is something that I'm sure many of our listeners will now say, oh, yeah, well, that's a simple idea that's very easy to do. And even if we don't take anybody on, uh, we can at least still talk to them or interview them remotely, maybe. Uh, but that, again, again, of course, is going to be a, an interesting source of competitor information. So that's just to kick us off on this idea of mounting a sales ferret mission. Any thoughts, chaps? Well, what amazes me when I'm smiling. Sorry, Graham, I saw you smiling. I could tell you were desperate to jump in there on the ferret topic. Say, what, what amazes me when I meet businesses is I ask them a simple question, like, how do your competitors do that? And I reckon nine out of ten times they don't know. Yeah. And I go, would you like me to tell you? And they would go, how do you know? Yeah. And I say, there's this thing called the World Wide Web, mm. and I've just looked it up. <laughs> so I go to their competitor's website and find out how they do sales or whatever it is that they're doing, and I say, why have you never been to your competitor's website? Why have you never tried to buy something from them? Why have you never asked them a, a question? You know, you don't have to use your corporate address. You can use a, you know, a Gmail address and just ask them a question about a product or a service and see how quickly they respond, see who responds, see the way they respond. You'll find so much information by pretending to be a customer or actually being a customer. And it just defeats me that businesses don't do this, that there is so much information available simply on the customer's website yeah. that you think that... You don't need all that kind of military precision and all that different teams. It's really simple. Go to Google, type in their name, and visit their website. It's really straightforward. I think you are absolutely right. It is a lot more simple than might first appear. Um, another uh, idea that uh, I've got on this one is that uh, when you do a survey amongst your existing customers – asking them how they feel about the service that you provide. Uh, then, of course, you also include questions in there about one's competitors. How do we compare to competitors? And if it's uh, a particularly friendly customer who would be classified as an ally in military language, then maybe we also get more specific about that and say, well, what can you tell me about competitor A? What can you tell me about competitor B? Uh, and I know you give some of your business to competitor C. It used to be 25%. Uh, 
uh, what's that looking like now? And if the if the customer says, oh, well, we're thinking of increasing that, then there'll be a reason for it. So what's the reason behind the increase of the competitor's share? To your to your point about allies as well, um, I think many of our listeners will know the concept of having an internal coach inside the client organization. It's somebody who is who is positive towards you, supportive towards you, or they personally um not that doesn't not necessarily in any 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 uh, underhand way but they they would they would benefit if you were the incumbent if you were the supplier so they like you they maybe think you're going to help them look good do their job better etc and they will often be a fantastic source because they'll, they'll often tell you some things that um you wouldn't find out any other way so what what how how are other stakeholders who are involved in the buying decision feeling about the competition? What are they? You know, in, in extreme cases, you can even get redacted copies of uh, competitors' sales proposals, for example, sent to you. I've certainly managed yeah. to do that a few times, and yeah. then you can see, you can absolutely see that. So, having an internal coach, I think, just a just a great thing to do. Full 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 stop. Um, uh, just on Graham's point of research, obviously, I'd also, if your competitors are active on social media, I would definitely be zeroing in on that. And also, I think, you know, a number of our listeners will probably be using LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And we may view Sales Navigator as a as a prospecting or a customer-related instrument. Doesn't stop you using Sales Navigator to uh, keeping an eye on what your key competitors are doing. And if their organization is putting emphasis on social selling, what is it they are talking about on social media? Because that's probably part of their overall marketing plan. Yeah. And it gives you some ideas where the questions they're asking to, to elicit responses on social media will probably be trying to uncover the kind of problem statements that their their solution can solve. So I think it is, you know, putting those pieces of the jigsaw together. Another another thought just occurs to me, mystery shopping as well. You know, log on, uh, sign up for their newsletter, maybe using your private email address, obviously, rather than your, your company email address, and just see see what they do see what process they they go through you know online chat you can do that anonymously you know you can pose some questions to one of their people through through their through their website and you know like graham says just goodness gracious get on get on the internet you know it is amazing though how how little of that is happening i was recently working with a company who were trying to work out a, a price increase and the expensive products, and they weren't quite sure about you know, how much they should charge. And so they were doing some research. <laughs> I'll use the word inadvisedly. Um, they were doing what they called research um, on pricing from their competitors. And they presented me with this spreadsheet. And the spreadsheet was full of lots of question marks about the price that their competitors were charging for similar services and i said where are the what are these question marks for and they said well we don't really know what their latest price is so we've put a question mark there because we knew their price you know five years ago but obviously they've changed the price now and we've got no way of finding out and so the conversation was still carrying on and i just went to my laptop and said oh, well that first question mark is the price is 15,000 or whatever the price was. And they said, how do you know that? I said, it's on their website. Yeah. 
the, the, the prices are on their website. And so I'd so they had researched and they went, oh. So we went through the spreadsheet and were able to fill in almost all of the competitors' prices because the items were for sale. And so you can see what their price is. Yeah. And yet nobody had bothered to try and look at that. Well, that's not going to give you the final potentially discounted price. No, but it's it gives a you a hell of a lot better than yeah. a question mark because you can probably work out, you know, with a bit of with a bit of digging and a bit of smart you know, a bit of common sense, kind of work out probably what the discounted ballpark is going to be. Yeah. But it's so much better than a question mark. You've got something to go and ask a question specifically about. Yeah, you could certainly ask a friendly, you know, contact. What sort of discount do you typically try and obtain? You know, they'll tell you 10%, 15%. Yeah, it, it puts you in the, in the ballpark, doesn't it? It took us about 10 minutes to put about 10 competitors' prices in. That wasn't all of them because not all of them had got their prices on their website, but it enabled us to fill in, you know, the bulk of their spreadsheet in 10 minutes when they'd spent a month preparing this spreadsheet. Hmm. And you think, why? Why did it not occur to them to go to the website? Yeah. I do I do wonder why this is such a blind spot. I mean, on a slightly, slightly different but connected topic is whenever I'm running account management, key account management workshops or whatever, and we – you know, you, you know, talk about the importance of doing your research. I, I, I would almost say, without fear of without fear of being contradicted, I have never asked somebody as part of a workshop to go and look at a customer's website or search them on Google, search them on social media, and not have found something useful yeah. that they can use to help to initi- initiate a conversation, look look for, and. And maybe it's just it's just so incredibly obvious we miss it, maybe. Um, I think sometimes it's the fault of the sales and marketing director for focusing on motivation and attitude. We don't need to worry about our competitors. We are the best in the business. Yeah. When the reality is that the customer has been using another organisation as a supplier for years, so they must be doing a lot right. It's about finding out what they are doing that is right, but finding out maybe what that little chink in the armour is that you can actually then exploit. So I think that's another reason for it. Um, Just a couple of other ideas. I think we should be encouraging our listeners to look at the advertisements that competitors are placing Um, for account managers or whatever, that might suggest that growth is on the horizon. In the good old days, of course, attending conferences or trade shows or exhibitions where our competitors would be there and having a look at their stand and talking to their people. Um, And I also had a client years ago who every year they would ask a student from the local uh, university who was doing an MBA program or something looking for a meaningful project. Uh, Every September or October, they would hire a student for next to no money at all to do an in-depth analysis on all of their competitors. And that five to 10 page analysis um, then went into the business plan that was being produced for the following year. So that wasn't done by the client. That was done by a student being employed on a part-time basis for a couple of weeks by 
the uh, by the organization so high value information for a very low cost yeah i mean i love i love the idea of throwing a really bright person who has no prejudices to your organization to go and have a look yeah. go a fresh pair of eyes as well you know um they they won't have the same blind spots that you have we all have them you know we all we all we all have those i think lo- looping back as well to a previous episode of the sales chat show i know we're all massive fans of doing win-loss reviews and i think as well that should be a critical part of your competitor intelligence why have you won why did they choose you versus the competition but also possibly more painfully and sometimes sadly more valuable is why you lost what was the perception of where the competitor was better superior did a better job um and i think i think you know it is 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 probably looping back to your point phil is you know, you've got to find out why they chose you. And it might not be quite as exciting or sexy as you maybe think it is. I often say this, you know, sometimes the reason they they chose you is not what you think it is. It's not what you maybe your marketing says it is, but it is what the customer, it is what the customer is saying. And, yeah. um, you know, as much, I, I, I detest losing, um, but boy, oh boy, um, do you learn a lot when you do? Uh, I think because it's the temptation when you win is to pop the old champagne corks and pat yourself on the back and, and get on with the next thing. But sometimes loss failure makes you pause and reflect, I think in a, in a very different and often quite unpleasant way, but can lead to, to massive value. I think in the longer term. Interestingly on one of the, um, the Saturday morning football programs that I tune into, um, one of the Liverpool players was asked to comment on the single factor that had influenced their um, table-winning performance. And his response was, failure last season. We failed last season, we learned from it, and we weren't going to do it again. That's basically what he said. And, yeah, I think we're... Um... Uh, not not football Premier League allegiances, but we're all big fans of Jurgen Klopp from a managerial leadership point of view. In fact, we've done an episode on on what salespeople can learn from uh, from him, and uh, one of the other episodes on the uh, on the sales chat show. So, and yeah, he's always he's always I think been one to learn learn from lessons. So, uh, the, the one thing I was going to say is that, that there are also third party things people can look at. So things like Trustpilot, see what the customers are saying about the, your competitors, but also go to something like Glassdoor because that's telling you what the employees are saying about that business. Yeah. And so you've got services like that are really important things that will help you understand where they're failing or where they're succeeding and where what gaps you can fill. So really important to do proper research and think of all the different third-party services that you can use. A bit like, you know, Phil's military analogy, they wouldn't just use one source of information, they would use third-party sources of information. You're not just what do we think about the enemy, but what does one of our allies think or a third party altogether think of our enemy? Yeah, I think just just in case, I would say, and we've, we've fired a lot of thoughts and ideas at you folks, and and it might sound like a lot, but but I as to loop back to what I said previously, I'll sometimes say to people on a program, 
you've got 20 minutes go and do just go and see what you can find out in 20 minutes see what you can find out in 30 minutes i've never done longer than 30 minutes but normally 20 30 minutes it's incredible what people find out in a relatively short period of time we're not talking about spending the whole day but but if winning that account is going to bring millions into your into your business, then maybe that would be a day that might be worth investing. But I really genuinely, pragmatically don't think it needs to normally be that long. You, know, you can find out a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff pretty, pretty quickly. And you know, like Graham's saying, using those various sites, every time you find them, save them in your favorites, save them in your browser, and then they're there for you in a moment's notice. You don't even have to go searching for Glassdoor. You just got the link, and then, and then, and away, you know, make, make, make it as efficient and effective as possible. And it's, it's, it's the work of minutes sometimes. So. Use something like Evernote or OneNote to put everything together, and then you've got a, you know, dossier of yeah. information, and you don't need to buy a ferret then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, uh, having the being the veteran of being tortured by members of the parachute regiment as part of some charity event when I very stupidly did their ten mile um, selection course carrying this thirty five pound Bergen, I think two hundred and fifty paras landing would probably make anybody feel slightly. <laughs> Yeah. feel slightly nervous i have to they certainly terrify me so uh, they all they all they all look they all look very calm from the outside but i certainly wouldn't want them charging towards me i've got to say so uh, especially with a ferret up their trousers exactly with a ferret uh, a ferret a ferret up their trousers um i i would just just also just from a point of balance uh, to our listeners was I think I do like Jeff Bezos from Amazon's quote that we pay attention to our competitors, but we are obsessed by our, our customers is we got to get the balance right between where we focus the attention. I have had some salespeople who are, are disproportionately focused on the competition and then not paying enough to the to the customer so it's a it's a balancing act i think for me you know is uh and also i i think as well i sales leaders sales managers you may have to take to task occasionally people in your team i do occasionally work with salespeople on programs where they seem to be the world's leading expert about why the company that they work for is not as good as the competitors that they're selling against sometimes making me wonder what on earth they're doing working for that working for that company and you know there's no perfect products and services but they they i do wonder sometimes it's it's, it's a precursor to them being using it as an excuse for not hitting their sales target so balance i think is probably the key the key thing there but yeah just occasionally i do come across and i think if it's that bad surely you want to go and work for the competition. But uh, maybe if you're a sales manager or sales leader, that might not be a bad thing if those people went and did that because uh, <laughs> you might be able to replace them with someone who might do a better job for you. Simon, you just mentioned sales targets. I'd like to remind people there is an episode about sales targets they might like to go back and listen to. Is this the episode, Graham, where you claim that people should scrap sales targets and yeah. Phil and I disagreed with you? Is that the one? That could you, be one. You yeah. keep mentioning, yeah. Okay, it is. It is in the back catalog, or or it was. If I can find any way of deleting it, because he just yeah. goes on and on about it. Every available opportunity. Our, our listeners are leaving by the dozen. Quick, change the subject. 
<laughs> so so why don't you go and listen to the episode on why you should scrap sales targets before it's taken away there you are i'm using a bit of robert cialdini scarcity there to drive listeners to that to that pos- podcast episode so um uh, ferret in chief any any closing thoughts and comments from you sir um, only, only one. I think Graham's quite right when he says that there's a huge amount of information uh, available on uh, the competitor websites. But I think sometimes comparisons are very revealing when you read what an organization says about itself and then you plug into what the media are saying about that organization. You get a very interesting contrast between the two. So if the organ, if, if the competitor is, is putting out a storyline that is very, very different from the rest of the world, that might suggest that they are in some trouble. So what is that trouble? What is that weakness? How can it be exploited? Yeah. <clears throat> Mr. Jones, ferret second in command in the, in the <laughs> ferret hierarchy, I think. <laughs> well, having visited many ferret races... Um, <laughs> In local um, fairs and so on, uh, all I can say is that they are very nippy and very fast and able to achieve what they want to achieve and beat the competition by running down the tunnels and, you know, aiming for their target at the end. And that's what we should do. We should run down that tunnel of research of our competitors and stick with that because there's plenty of information out there about them. Fantastic. And of course, dear listeners, if ferret racing is seen as a good way to spend your spare time, Graham clearly needs to get out uh, uh, perhaps a bit more than uh, than he than he than he has been doing. So, but yeah, I think I think just just I'll I'll often say, and it, it sounds like I'm a scratch record sometimes. Is get out your own head, get inside your customer's head. But I think it is also try to see your competitors through your customers' eyes, not necessarily through your eyes. We're trying to it, – it's like if you're doing a SWOT analysis, is, is is it a strength according to the customer? Does the customer see it as a strength, not necessarily how you, you regard it? So I think definitely there. But, yeah, you know, we've all got competitors, and uh, I think it's part of your overall competitor intelligence. Uh, definitely, I shall be embarking on a ferret mission myself, Mr. Jesson, um, and having a little uh, dig around on the internet to see to see what we can find out. And of course, while you are digging around on the internet, folks, please make sure you have a good dig around on the Sales Chat Show website or from wherever you get your your podcasts. I think we're 160 plus episodes now, so please uh, where wherever you choose prefer to get your podcast you will find us a ton of ton of information there that we hope will help you uh looking after those customers beating your competitors and of course achieving your sales targets uh graham or 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 not if your sales manager has listened to graham's episode and has decided to scrap them so it's been uh mr graham jones mr phil jesson i'm simon hazardine for the sales chat show saleschatshow.com driving your sales forward Thank you very much, folks. If you've got any topics, problems, challenges you would like us to discuss on the Sales Chat Show, please do let us know via the saleschatshow.com website, and we'll look forward to discussing, debating those on your behalf the next time we're together in the studio. So in the meantime, we would just like to wish you good luck and good selling, folks. (laughs) 
have been listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at the Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 